Today marks the start of Lent as we mark our foreheads with ash. And these ashes help show us a twofold nature of Lent. On the one hand, Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent is a time of somber reflection on our frailty. There is first the reminder of our general frailty, that of our own being. When I put ashes, when Father Glenn puts ashes on your forehead, we use the words from Genesis, Remember, O man, that dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. This statement, it recalls our dependence upon God for our very existence. Your own life, your body and soul are created. And because of that, they're not your own. You exist because of the will of another, of God. It's in Him we think and we move and we live and we have our being. But this time and this season is also a time of somber reflection upon another aspect of our frailty, that of our wounded nature. All of our human faculties have been wounded, stinted by the fall. And so that beautiful intent of God for man is not realized. It's not fully lived out. It's what St. Paul means when he says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are part of that glory, but we deny that glory when we sin. As David wrote in Psalm 51, wash me thoroughly from my wickedness, cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my faults and my sin is ever before me. The ashes that are on your forehead should remind us of our frailty, both our ontological frailty, our being, but also our moral failures. When we fail to use our intellect, our will, and our desires, and our senses for the glory of God, these ashes call us to repentance. And in that sense, they are a wholesome medicine for our souls. They lead us to call upon God's most holy name in humility, so that all who are sprinkled therewith for the remission of their sins may receive both healing of body and protection of soul. That prayer, which was from the blessing of the ashes, shows us the ashes are not, they're not a hopeless symbol. They're not nihilistic. In fact, all of Lent should not be viewed as a dour or depressing season. This is a serious season. It's a season of fasting, of penance. But these actions are what draw us ever deeper into the mercy of God. This season of Lent, I'll be preaching, and I'm going to focus on all of the introits and the psalms that are used during each of the introits. And it is absolutely remarkable. The emphasis of all the introits and the psalms that are used are focusing on God's love, His mercy, and His desire that His people depend on His love and mercy instead of their own failed ways of living. The readings from today, all of the propers from today's service also put forth that fact of God's mercy and His willingness to forgive. The overwhelming emphasis found in the propers throughout Lent is that of God's forgiveness and love and mercy. The purpose of Lent is not to see 
just how bad you can feel for your sin. The purpose of Lent is to ask forgiveness for your sins, to ask forgiveness for the sins of others, so that you can become what God desires you to be, his bride. All of our Lenten practices, then, are working towards that with our body and soul. So let's take a look at the introit for today. It starts off with this wonderful verse from the Book of Wisdom. Thou hast mercy upon all, O Lord, and abhorrest nothing which thou hast made, and winkest at the sins of men. That means he looks over, he overlooks the sins of men. Because they should amend, and thou sparest them, for thou art the Lord our God. The intro is finished by Psalm 57. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee. This is one of the three psalms in our Psalter that starts with calling upon God's mercy. And of course, the other one was in the service, Psalm 51, and then Psalm 56, and here we find Psalm 57. And this psalm was written by David as he fled from Saul and hid in the cave. You all know that story. Traps had been laid by Saul, and David had to flee for his life. But then he calls upon the Lord to take him out of his desperate situation. It's important to see the structure of this psalm. He first calls upon God and then declares his faith that God will have mercy. As he then goes through and shows to God just how bad his situation is, and it is really bad. My soul's among the lions. I'm among the children of men whose teeth are spears and arrows. Their tongue are sharp swords. At this point, he is giving over to God his very being. He's acknowledging his frailty, his finiteness. But then finally, he declares that even amidst all of the suffering, in fact, even through it, his heart is fixed and he will sing and give praise. That's the moment of conversion, a moment of resurrection, in fact, in which God takes David's frailty in his trials and tribulations and then transforms them into worship. What's really interesting is that the church has consistently taken this psalm to be read as Jesus' words. Jesus' prayer, in fact, as first he suffered on the cross and then was laid into the cave, into his tomb. And yet then finally, he comes out of the tomb and offers up the last final verses of praise. They're Christ's triumphant praise in his resurrection and thereby, thereby providing all humanity the means to be healed from frailty and to come back into union with God. So our ashes that we put upon our forehead do show us our frailty. But this is the dust from which we were formed. These are the ashes from which God formed, shaped, and molded humanity. These are the ashes that God breathed his life into. 
These are the ashes that God called the pinnacle of his creation. These are the ashes from which God made creatures which were very good. On the other hand, ashes are a symbol of offering. They're a symbol of sacrifice. And it's good to understand what we mean by sacrifice so that we can draw these two ideas together. When the ancients sacrificed an animal, it meant the offering of a life. And so a burnt offering, which was the most complete sacrifice that was ever given, was also, though, considered a sacrifice of life. This is, in part, what the ashes represent to us today. For the end result of a total sacrifice are just ashes burnt upon an altar. Today, we mark our foreheads with ash because that is our end as well. God still expects sacrifice of us. This is what St. Paul mentions in his letter to the Romans. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our service to God, our work within this life, is to present our own bodies to be a living sacrifice to God. But in no way does that mean the destruction of our body. It's the presentation of its very life to God. God wants you to return what he has given to you back to him. But it's wrong to think that God wants to annihilate your offering or destroy you. God desires to take your offering, your whole being, your body, soul, and mind, and to bless it and to return it to you whole. This is what the call from Prophet Joel in our epistle today reminds us. Turn unto the Lord our God. He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Or as our colic makes clear, Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all that are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts. This new life, this life of sacrifice, is given to us on our foreheads in the shape of a cross. That's the symbol of cruelty, of torture. It's a symbol of death. And yet to us, it's the symbol of glory. This is the cross that has crucified our Lord. But by being brought into the tomb, being brought into the cave, is now transformed and now brought into the worship of God. St. Paul again wrote to the Romans, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. So likewise reckon ye yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. As we live for God as living sacrifices, we are crucifying the old man, and then we can live in the newness of life. 
That's the reminder of the ashen cross on your forehead. That's your call this Lent. So call upon the mercy of God. Repent of your sins. Be free from the chain that holds on you. Use this time of fasting and praying to repent in order that you may live in love with God and neighbor. Turn now us, O good Lord, and so shall we be turned. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.